Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. All right, off we go. Welcome to another Bread Show. Uh, welcome to No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 36. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, good morning. It's a little bit little bit early for me, this, I think, but we'll roll with it. You're worth it. Yeah, well, we should have been even earlier, but we got delayed by, by Matthew Morgan, who's decided to desert us anyway. Apparently, the tip, or the dump, as he calls it, uh, is more important. Yeah, yeah. What, what is quite funny is uh, it looks like he's dumping a Christmas tree. <laughs> Do you reckon he's one of those weirdos who's only just taken down his decorations? Yeah, it does seem like it. Either that or he's probably just dumped it in his garden and uh, is only now getting rid of it. But slack, Matthew, slack. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I find the tip such a weird place because you get obviously people just chucking all their rubbish, but then you get that one strange, strange person sort of sifting through it or seeing if they can find anything worth keeping. Oh, what dump do you go to? I'm not sure you're allowed in it, are you? Well, not like in the main, you know how like they have the main thing where you chuck all your, your general stuff and then they have yeah, all yeah. the skips with all the other bits and you see people like reaching in and trying to grab bits out? Uh, yeah, oh, to be fair, they probably like make loads of money out of that. They probably find some stuff people shouldn't be chucking away. But cool. in fact, actually, my my friend threw his car key in one spot accident. <laughs> maybe Which that's is, who I um, saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. No, he... He uh, obviously took his car there, dumped stuff, and then couldn't find his car key and assumed that he must have just thrown it in with all the shit in the tip. Um, for, well, I'll say fortunately, nicely, or, or nice of the people, but they stopped all this, the, like, obviously had to turn off all the stuff, because although, like, you would think it'd be safe enough to go in there, um, I guess there is some sort of machinery that, like, compacts it or pushes it or whatever, it, like, in terms of in this, like, the, I don't know what yours is like, in, in the, the my city, it's like, it's like a massive... Um, warehouse almost, which you just chuck it over the edge and it just falls down. But um, they must, I think there's machinery that push it all to the back and stuff. So they have to like turn everything off because they obviously for health and safety reasons, they say they wouldn't normally ever do this, but it said obviously they helped them out. So I turned it all off and let him go through. Still couldn't find his keys though. So um, do you imagine it's just literally in like a load of, a load of like stuff basically, but there it's we go. Literally a needle in a haystack that is, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And obviously I think, you know, he's a, the, the uh, nice-ish new Audi, obviously about 300 quid later probably for a new key. It's a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, all trying to do some good and get rid of some rubbish. Um, actually, it's, and it's quite interesting we're on the, the subject of the tip because um, I don't know if I watched uh, Dr. Michael Banner's uh, Instagram story yesterday and he had his first ever trip to the tip. Oh, nice. That was quite funny. Well, I like it. If you don't follow him, go follow Dr. Dr. Michael Banner because um, he's, uh, he's got a nice way about him, hasn't he, in terms of the way he... Uh, presents himself and obviously he's a doctor he's uh he's, he has done him in you hasn't he he didn't really like say a lot about that uh, he was, he's in the lab yeah i'm sure as in as, when i say done as in he did graduate as in he yeah. took his exam i'm sure he did um i could be wrong but i'm sure he did i'm just gonna, i can't remember what he's up I, I was gonna give him a shout out actually dr mike this is uh yeah dr mike the two nd as in second go give him a follow because um what I do like is he, he reviews everything he does, including food. Like, even reviewed his first ever trip to the tip. Just, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, how much he enjoyed throwing one thing in, but not so much like a, a computer desk or something. So, 
<laughs> it's no, type, honestly, it's the type of like pointless crap that you you just watch. Yeah, uh, no, but he's he's really funny with it. He is really funny with it. He's just got a funny way about him in that the way he like just does stuff like that. Like I don't know, he's just very entertaining. So um, go give go give the man a follow. Um, anyway, that's the very side point. I didn't mean to shout him out, but uh, I think it's worth it because he's a you know, he's a funny lad. Um, cool. Right. Well, um, let's get an update from you first, mate. How's things going? I'm good. Um, Life, diet, training, whatever you want to talk about. Life's good. Diet's good. Training's getting better. Uh, Diet-wise, I'm only a few kilos down, but I don't really have a great deal to lose. I'm not... I don't think for this photo shoot I'm going for inside-out shredded again. So... um, I probably got another three or four kilos to lose, so I probably need to tighten up a little bit again. Um, but um, yeah, two, three kilos down, and uh, I'm, I'm getting nice. Sort of, I'm, I'm, my changes are very visual. Um, I'm sort of, I'm taking it quite st- uh, relaxed, I suppose. Um, but the changes are very, very visible when I'm sort of looking at them and and all that. So I'm, I'm kind of happy with my progress so far. Um, Training wise, I'm just been doing a lot of we've been doing a lot of moving stuff at work, so I'm just pretty pooped from that when you're lifting very, very, very heavy fridges and stuff. So uh, I haven't been training as much as I want to, but I have um, started a new gym, uh, which is a bit closer to home, so I, I don't have to spend as much time traveling uh, between gyms. So uh, that's a sort of a new motivation boost whenever you move gyms. Um, yeah, but uh, no, life is good. Glad to hear it. Love that job. Yeah, cool. So, what the people be interested in how shredded you're getting? Getting back to your your homeland or home name of shredded? In. <laughs> getting getting back to my ways. Uh, yeah. What about you? How's your little? Yeah. All right. All right. Um, you'll know this anyway because obviously you being my coach and all that. But um, yeah, I think it's good. I say it's been reasonably comfortable so far. Obviously, you've been reasonably kind to me, um, and I haven't had too many horrendous bits so to be honest the last week or so i've been a little bit hungrier but i wouldn't say like it's been really really uh ravishing or like massively detrimental to obviously like progress because i've, I've kind of stuck to the diet such so i haven't really struggled hugely but it's just been times i thought you know it's more fancy than hunger if that makes sense like mm-hmm. i really quite fancy something um and i've still been able managed to fit in junk most days and stick to my calorie limits there or thereabouts so within the tolerable ranges as i like to like to say so you know i've had a probably like at least one bit of junk every day and i, I put a post about this week because um i think it's just so important to be able to be flexible um as much as possible to, to a point anyway in that i don't want to fully restrict stuff because i know for a while that i'll just cave if i fully restrict i'll just crave and cave basically so um yeah. you know you know how it goes but no all, all's all right yeah it's pretty good 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 good, good. making progress and then yeah, yeah, the I rest think, of the boys are too. Yeah, hopefully. I think like my scale weight's been a bit more static this week. I had a couple of weird jumps, but I'll be honest, like I can't believe I'm saying this in potentially like two and a half thousand people, two thousand people listen to this, but my toilet um frequency has been a bit odd last probably a few weeks to be honest, but more so this week or last couple of weeks has been a bit um yeah, less frequent, I should say. And I think it has affected some of my scale readings <laughs> quite, yeah, quite yeah. significantly. I know what you mean. I, I, I definitely find something similar when dieting. You sort of, you, you're less frequent. Um, and 
more sort of you know one day it'll be a couple of times and another day it won't be at all almost yeah it's a bit strange mm. whether it's down to kind of you just end up eating more veg or uh, whether it's down to um, water intake can be a big one sometimes um, yeah, yeah well, I've I, I... I purposely tried to stay really, really hydrated because of that reason. Like yeah. I really tried to make sure I'm getting clean water. So I don't think it's hydration. Yeah. The amount of like protein bars slash um, like ice cream. You know, obviously ice cream's got a lot of the, like the the ice cream I was eating had lots of like polyols and sugar alcohols and stuff. And I wondered whether that can and some people can cause a lot of constipation. And like, I wouldn't ever say I was like particularly massively constipated, but because of the whole frequency thing of uh, of going, I thought oh, maybe that's got something to do with it. But I don't know. Obviously, I cut out the ice cream, still eating a few too many protein bars a day. So like probably averaging at least two a day. Um, so maybe it might just be purely the amount of fiber I'm eating. I don't know. But, yeah. And especially as it's more of a, an artificial fiber as well. Yeah. As in like... Um, I don't know, actually. I don't know. Like, I know. I know what you're saying. Actually, artificial fiber, but it's not like fiber from fruits and vegetables. It's yeah, whatever. So it's like a fortified, sort of more man-made fiber, isn't it? Which sort of doesn't have the loosening effect always. It sometimes sometimes has the opposite effect. Yeah. So um, who knows? Might be something to that. So that's. I think that's anyway. The point of it was really like I think that's affected some of my scale readings a little bit. But um, obviously, a good job we don't really go just on scale weight as we covered in last week's podcast. So yeah. I think vis- visually, I think even to be honest, even look at my progress pictures, like I feel like I've made more progress than what they look. And I know that like sounds silly really. Cause you think, well, surely like the photos are like evidence, you know, but I, I feel like the photos don't even quite do my progress really quite as much just as even like it feels. So, um, but then feel, obviously I'm just kind of talking on a subjective measure there. So you'd probably argue, or yeah, you'd probably argue like the objective measure of a, of a photo would be more accurate, but still, I think it's, um, yeah, happy, happy to progress actually so far. I think like you, I reckon I've probably got a bit, a little while well, like you, not too much, but a little bit more, maybe I reckon I could want to get down or I'm, my target's probably to get down probably another, if I can do five kilos, I think that'd be a good amount and that will get me like close to pretty, pretty shredded. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there easily, easily. Cool, right? So actually, I haven't got watch. I don't know how long we've been rambling for, but let's get on to today's topic, shall we? Let's do it. So um, today's uh, topic, we wanted to just do a bit more of another um, Q and A, I suppose. So I'll just cover some questions. This this is mainly derived from we've obviously launched a new product uh, last week under the no nonsense nutrition uh, banner so that's kind of um i don't want to describe it as group coaching because it kind of that sounds a bit like cliche or done because everyone's doing bloody group coaching like what should we call it like that's probably more like a semi semi-private coaching online yeah. semi-private online coaching. yeah so it's not sort of um whereas you know we talked about with dan uh, about one-to-one coaching where you'd be kind of very much the coach would be very much hands-on and, and interacting and in, in the sense of, you know, phone calls or videos and stuff every week. Um, and, and, and you have a lot more of a tailored approach to things. This is a bit more of a, because obviously that, that, that's an expensive service to, 
well, not. I mean, obviously, expensive is subjective, but um, I mean, that's that's a you know a service that not everybody can afford. So we've tried to also offer a slightly uh, cheaper service. Um, so um, it basically it's a little more not automated, but it's a little more kind of you know we do the teachings and we do. Um, various different things and sort of you know q and a's and stuff like that within the the groups that you're in um but it's a bit more um well, I think it's more it's i was just gonna say it's more bespoke than um than like your typical group coaching yeah um but obviously it's not as bespoke as one-to-one so yeah. it's kind of in that middle ground which is why which is why i probably would prefer to refer to it something more like semi-private online coaching rather than group coaching because I think it's definitely a lot more and um, it's a lot more value and a lot more to it than, than just that yeah 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 you're definitely going to get more from it and and learn more about why we suggest things and why things happen and why the logs do what they do um in in this kind of environment opposed to um somebody saying work out your own calories do this do that you're on your own um, yeah which a lot yeah. of these group coaching things are yeah sure no exactly so i guess that like that brought up a number of questions throughout i guess the the first week that we're doing so we thought it'd be quite cool actually just to cover some of them because some of the questions are obviously just applicable in everyday life so we thought that actually a lot of people would want to to hear what we have to say about them so yeah yeah some of them are, yeah just really good questions that a lot of people might be thinking and, and and not really kind of overthinking too much and just yeah so i think these are these will be good cool yeah yeah yeah. right so um we won't like name who or you know kind of name who, who actually come up with the questions or ask them but we'll just give a quick brief synopsis and then i'll, I'll let you ramble on so um so i guess the first one um is around calorie intake so obviously you can imagine like someone's got like a set calorie intake which is already maybe on the low side because they want to get quite quick results so um you could think of your typical um either slightly aggressive dieter or someone that may be going through like a mini cut or something like that those sort of lines where they're on probably like the lower end of of like tolerable um which then doesn't really leave a lot of room for um what you call slip ups so because obviously if you're if you're in um or if you're already on low calories and you slip up you can't really then take calories from other days like some of the practices we would usually recommend to be flexible with your diet because you're already on such low calories if you overeat by 500 calories say one day which is you know quite easily done you can't really then take say or or you'd find it very difficult to take 100 calories off for another five days afterwards because it then leaves you so short so um what what was kind of like would be your advice in that type of scenario in terms of what to how to deal with it if you did slip up? So I think it's a bit of a um, it depends on sort of how many calories you would go over by. So if you went over by fifty or a hundred calories, um, any sort of decent diet, especially if you're in a steep deficit, it's not going to make too much of a difference. Obviously, you wouldn't want to do this every day, or you wouldn't want to do it kind of you know over and over and over because you're just going to make less progress. Um, but if you know if it happens if it happens once in the week and you're pretty accurate the rest of the days, um, and you're only fifty to hundred or maybe hundred and fifty calories over, like I say, it's not going to make a huge huge amount of difference. If you're looking at um, a bit more, so maybe up to like the five hundred mark, then you've probably taken the deficit out for your day. So kind of an analogy I quite like to use is 
imagine that you are walking towards your goal and um, you know however many weeks or days you've got to get to your goal is how many steps you've got so if you're walking towards your goal and you go over your calories by 500 calories one day then you have just stood still for that day you haven't taken a step closer to your goal so you've not failed or you've not gone way off track or you've not gone off the rails you've just stood still for that day so you just haven't made any progress for that day but then tomorrow you get back on track you can start walking forward again if you're looking at going over by more than 500 calories so it's like a thousand calories or 1500 calories more you've had a takeaway and you've had a massive blowout and loads of beers and, and all sorts um then you are looking maybe at taking one or two steps backwards. So again, have you failed? No, you've just kind of stalled your progress for a few days or maybe even up to a week. So these are things that potentially you have to factor in when you're trying to reach a goal. So, um, you know, if you say just like kind of slightly going off point, but I think it's a good point to make if you if you know you've got a weekend away with the with the girls or with the lads, and um, you know it's going to be a bit of a messy one and you're not too sure how you're going to factor it in, just factor an extra week into your diet. So either delay your goal by a week or start a week earlier because you know full well that you want, you're going to be stood still for that week. You're not going to be making progress because you're allowing yourself to kind of go over those calories and, uh, and such. Uh, so it's a bit like kind of factoring in diet breaks, which we talked about with Steve Hall uh, many episodes ago. So with yeah. this, um, I would just say, you know, don't sweat it too much if you do go over a day, but don't make it a regular thing um, because the more days you stood still, the less you are moving towards your goal. And I'd hate, I'd hate for anybody to look back and say, oh, if only I hadn't have gone over on this day or if only I haven't if I'd been a bit stricter, then I'd be, you know, a kilo lighter or I'd have, you know, looked better on the beach or, or whatever your goal is. Yeah. Do you know what, mate? That was a perfect answer. I had zero to... Oh, thank you. It's almost like I've done Add this to that. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> no, it's just to be... The, the analogy's perfect in that. Um, so, mate, I, I, I say I've got nothing to add. I haven't got anything to add, but just to highlight what I really like about it. So, the analogy's perfect in that you just... Every, every time you go over or, you know, like, take a step back it's not really a step back you just kind of stand still i mean unless you blow four thousand calories then i guess it might be a couple of steps back but um yeah you're just standing still so think about it like that that the more often you're as you say the more often you're um you're doing it the more steps still or not the less steps you're taking the more you're standing still which like you say you just don't want to regret that do you when you then come to whatever your goal is if, if you don't really have a um a closed uh, sorry like a, if you don't have a, a time goal or anything like that then is it really that big a deal? You know, you're taking one step. You, well, it doesn't matter because it isn't like you've got to get somewhere at a specific time. Yeah, I always, I, I kind of like it when people don't really have a time frame. Sometimes, sometimes that is because it allows them to be flexible and it allows them potentially to maintain their results for longer um, if they've kind of had a flexible approach running up to it. Um, and flexible is in like not just having a chocolate bar a day, but flexible is in right. Okay, well today I'm going to stand still, but tomorrow I'm going to carry on progressing. It just allows you to kind of like live your life a bit more. Um, yeah, yeah. But at the same totally. time, some people need that end goal. They need that right. Okay, in July I'm going on holiday and I want to look like this because that's the motivation then to carry on. Because if you haven't got a motivation or a goal or a drive, 
then I find people sort of slip up and kind of go fuck it. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. Cool. So, uh, like on the flip side, then, so one of the questions we had was around actually struggling to eat like um, lowish or what, you, what most would consider lowish calories. So, like the example given was like struggling to eat like a thousand calories a day. Um, what would you suggest for someone that's um, so let's split this into two actually so one being like what would you suggest if for someone struggling to eat a thousand calories today in terms of what what should they do what shouldn't they do um, if you think they should eat a thousand calories then or they should try and eat more calories you know how would they do that but also then um, do they have to eat a thousand calories so is it is there is there other things they can do so actually can they almost like bank them say as an example so split into that two parts Okay, so kind of just to sort of clarify, because uh, I know when we first saw this question, we were a bit confused. And what, what do you mean by struggling to eat a thousand calories? So uh, the person sort of in question, um, they found a thousand calories too much, uh, too much food with what, with how they were eating it. So I mean, a thousand calories like that's literally like what, like a, a McDonald's meal, a large meal or something. Yeah. So you know, if you look at it in those terms. It's, it's not a lot of food, but if you look at it in the terms of eating like salads and veg, like lots of vegetables and lean meats and stuff like that, you can make a thousand calories go a very, very long way. Um, and also this is so subjective down to, um, you know, if, if you're a five foot two female who's quite slim already, a thousand calories is, could well be a lot of calories for you. Whereas if you're, a, you know, an 18 stone six foot two guy, uh, a thousand calories is breakfast so um it is subjective so don't go thinking oh bloody hell like how on earth are they struggling to eat that um because it you know everybody's different and has different requirements um so splitting it up into your two bits uh so if somebody is struggling and they're wanting to eat more so maybe they're struggling to put on weight and a uh, thousand calories is like their their maintenance or would put them in a small surplus I think you definitely need to look at what you're eating and start to include a slightly more calorific foods. Um, so like I literally just said, you know, a large McDonald's meal is a thousand calories. Now I'm not saying go and eat a large McDonald's meal, but think about it in more of the terms of, right, okay, let's eat some more calorific foods. Let's eat some more um, higher palatable foods. Because let's face it, as nice as vegetables are, they're not as good as a burger, are they? Um, so <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. Um, nobody's ever gone, mm, you know what? Sod the burger. I'm going to eat carrot sticks instead because they're so much tastier. Um, yeah, maybe not. Uh, so yeah, looking at it like that, you could maybe look at maybe taking out some of the volume, taking out some of the vegetables and maybe including some like actual sort of, uh, more highly dense carbohydrates so looking at maybe like adding some potatoes or pasta or something like that instead um, or you could look at sort of adding adding fats to your food so putting a bit of mayo on things um, you know if you are having a few potatoes maybe put some goose fat on them or something um, you, you know little, little things like that that can just sort of bump up the bump up the calories um, just a little bit in different ways and when adding fats it's a good way of doing that because you, you sort of you're not adding more volume so whereas if you replace sort of vegetables for pasta the volume gets kind of still slightly there um but 
if you struggle with that and um, you struggle to eat larger meals or, wh or whatever, um, you could uh, look at adding in sort of you know condiments type things which are which are higher in fat, like I said, mayo, butter, stuff like that. So, so that's kind of looking at it from trying to gain weight sort of perspective, or if you're wanting to increase your calories uh, and and hit that target. Um, and I think if you looking at it on the the kind of the flip with the dieting, and if your your deficit goal is a thousand calories, but you can only manage eight hundred or eight fifty a day because you are eating high volume foods and you're happy doing that and and you you know you might end up a week in uh you, you could do it for a week and then you might find oh you know what I'm getting hungry and you start getting tempted by things and especially if you are restricting anything that is you know snacky or junky uh, and and you're used to eating that and you start restricting that then you could potentially end up with that kind of um almost like a binge type thing so you could have a little bit and, and not be able to stop because you've restricted it um so maybe uh you, you could include a little uh it, it, and that would bump up those calories but uh, like you said uh, you use the word banking uh and then we're not talking about well i suppose you have a great analogy with money um which i'll, I'll let you go through but there's no need to hit those calories if you are dieting and you're hungry. So you're not hungry, and you're satiated, and you're not struggling, and you're not feeling as though, you know, any minute you could crumble and end up binging. Um, you just, you know, just, just, yeah, just save them, just bank them, because it's only going to put you in a bigger deficit. But I'll, I'll let you go through that a bit better. Yeah, I think like the the banking thing is um, probably more ideal in terms of kind of like the two options of either banking or forcing yourself to eat if you're not hungry. So I think like, and, and the reason I say that is because obviously banking then gives you more flexible, flexibility or freedom in other days, because, you know, there is nothing wrong with holding, you know, that kind of those calories over because in the day, the, the calories over a period of time, what you consume is what matters. So whether you like, if you look at it weekly, say example, rather than daily. So if you look at your talk for the end of the week, you know, it'd be the same if you had higher one day and lower or, you know, kind of something more even throughout the day. So um, I think that would probably be the better example, because rather than forcing yourself to eat when you're not hungry, it, it is not really like conducive to, to managing a diet, because the biggest thing about managing a diet is managing your appetite. You know, I think that's probably like one of the, 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 big, the biggest things you have to focus on when you're dieting is like, yes, you've got to worry about protein, you've got to worry about carbs, you've got to worry about all those types of details and the calories. But managing that appetite is the thing that's going to keep you adherent to those things yeah so that's kind of why it's, why it's so important that was something really cool that um when we went to the last conference together sorry penultimate conference together the one before the last one um yeah. and uh, dr spencer nadolsky was talking about that a lot more and the kind of um we normally bash people who talk about hormones all the time but he was talking more kind of about um how everybody's sort of hunger hormones are slightly different and that was really cool in the sense of you know people's appetite is different some people are greedy pigs naturally and other people just don't eat a lot naturally um i think i put a post like that it was it in the group the triple n group uh the name was it on the page yeah. when i was like <laughs> the difference between somebody who is naturally skinny and naturally oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it was two yeah. bowls of profiteroles and my bowl was stacked up with all the profiteroles and then uh, Alex is, was just had a few in the bottom because she's naturally a very slim person. Um, and so she's not eyes bigger than a belly pig like me. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but it's true. I mean, obviously, that program we've referred to before that the BBC did when they, they followed a couple of people around and that were apparently naturally slim. That's exactly the same scenario, that they, they, they moved more than they than they thought they did and they ate less than they thought they did, even though on the outside it looked like they were eating junk. They didn't eat a lot of it. You know, like the profiterole example is a prime example of that. Like, oh, you can't eat profiteroles and be thin. Well, yeah, it just I just didn't eat a lot of them and I probably then circumvented invented other parts of my diet to allow those profiteroles to fit in yeah, and yeah. like that's probably well for, for, for naturally thin people like and I, i'm emphasizing naturally as in like air quotes it's generally that they do it without thinking it's just it's subconscious it's not they don't like we're probably a bit more conscious in that we'll do it consciously so we will purposely you might eat a load of profiteroles but you'll purposely do something else in somewhere else in your diet or your activity levels to make up for that whereas naturally thin people won't they will just not even think twice about it. Like my wife's another prime example. I mean, I although I did have to tell her off yesterday. So we went out for breakfast yesterday. And she had like a sausage, bacon, hash brown, and fried egg. I think in a bap. Right? You think Christ? Okay. Um, then she had a piece of cake. Which, to be fair, bear in mind I'm dieting. This is fucking lovely of her, isn't it? But <laughs> <laughs> she had a big, big, massive slice of uh, some sort of pecan caramel cake. They're sitting there eating that in front of me, and um, she then basically didn't really have any lunch because um, this was like brunch time I, I then had some food again about two but she didn't really have anything but she then had some chocolate in the afternoon um, and then she wants some chocolate in the evening and I said oh no she, she had some chocolate in the afternoon and then she was going to have some more a bit later on but I said to her you've already had breakfast cake and chocolate are you sure you want this um, because I know full well what's going to happen also at nine o'clock you're going to want even more chocolate so maybe you've got like this and she's just like yeah okay whatever and then didn't bat an eyelid it's like doesn't even, didn't even matter whereas a lot of people would have never have done that and it's kind of like that's that, that thing like she just naturally manages her hunger appetite without really even thinking does yeah. that make sense yeah 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 it, 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 it's 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 interesting isn't it it's like a different world almost because again like just last night we said oh should we get a takeaway oh no let's let's go to the um supermarket and you know we'll say save a couple of quid and just get what we'd get from a takeaway but from there and it probably yeah. come quicker as well uh and she was there like oh do you want any vegetables and i was like no we're supposed to be having a takeaway i don't want vegetables <laughs> yeah. yeah like why are you even thinking of vegetables no we're having a takeaway for quite... yeah yeah no, it's um... right it's right isn't it? it's, and they're saying again it's just like either whether that's habit or whether that's kind of just genetics or what i don't really know probably a bit of both i'd imagine but um just naturally do stuff like that you naturally think about things like, oh i'll have some vegetables and then they fill up and then don't eat like something later like you like you say you probably go have a bag of m&ms afterwards as a as your friday night or saturday night treat and she probably eats about three of them yeah <laughs> and then like, you finish the bag off yeah and then you finish the bag off yeah, exactly yeah. anyway so yeah i think like just 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 taking it back to the question then so i think banking would be ideal however um i do want to just add in the snow because obviously the conversation did develop a little bit in our in our group in that some people know that they, if they under eat one day, and I use upset when I say under eat, I mean obviously like, you know, if they've got a calorie target and they don't eat to those calories, whether it again it's um, placebo or whether it's like uh, psychological, I don't know, but they tend to be hungrier the next day and therefore then struggle the following day. So I guess in that scenario, it's that's all about knowing yourself. So if you know that you are that type of individual, because to be honest, it doesn't matter if it's like psychological or whether it is physiological or not, like if you are going to overeat the next day, then you need to do something about it. So and I think if you know that, then maybe almost force feeding to a certain extent, I use that phrase, but as in eating up to your calories, so you may potentially feel less hungry the next day might be the better option. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, totally agree. Cool, I think we've done that question, haven't we? Or we've done that point. 
Um, did it, did it, I suppose actually, and following on from, so maybe there's like, cause this, this was like another part of the question that led on from this, the similar one. So, um, this is individuals also, I guess, uh, I haven't actually asked, but I got the impression that doesn't do a huge amount of exercise. Um, so, uh, I think given the, the actual coaching and obviously the emphasis on nutrition stuff, she also wanted to start doing some exercise. So um, there was some talk about saying, well, actually, I'm now, I've got a treadmill, which I'm now going to set up. I'm going to start using it. What do I do with my calories? Do I up my calories now I'm starting exercising? Or what do I do? Um, so, again, it goes back to the banking thing. I don't think you knew, used your analogy, did you? Uh, well, no, not really. But no. okay, I think, I'm, so. sure, I'm sure I've used it before on the podcast. Oh, I, I don't know. You go, go, go. Yeah, go so, so, well, anyway, go. so um, talking about kind of banking and saying, right, okay, well, you know, if, you, if you're dieting, then if you don't want to eat, eat the calories, then um, don't save them and allow yourself to be in a bigger deficit. So it's kind of the similar with this then. If you are, you can look at this in two parts. So let's keep with the 1,000 calorie uh, scenario. If you are on 1,000 calories and you're going to include some exercise because you're you're hungry and you're struggling then yes, you could factor in, right, okay, I'm going to do 200 calories worth of cardio, so I might add in maybe 150 calories worth of food. I probably wouldn't match it like for like because... That's a good the, point, yeah, yeah, explain that. That's a good point. Basically because unless, like, well, not even with an unless, um, your treadmill isn't... <clears throat> if it says you have burnt 200 calories on the treadmill, you, you haven't. Um, it, it's going to be you know, maybe 210 or maybe 180 or, you know, it's going to be there or thereabouts. And that's only if you put your weight and your, your height, your weight and your age and everything into the treadmill. Most people, when they go to, to the gym or set up their treadmill, they just, uh, they just get on it. They press go, they press quick start and you get on it. You don't set it up to, to you. So how, you know, it'll give you the, okay, you're walking at the same speed, but it's going to give you the same calorie read off as if you're a, you know, seven stone little lady compared to a twenty-five stone large male. Um, mm-hmm. But you, like we, I think we can all uh, say that the calorie output is going to be different, um, sort of depending on your, you know, your height, your weight, and your age, and everything. Uh, um, and 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 the effort level, like because you can say how hard you're working, but obviously it's not really that. It's more like your effort level. How hard do you find it? So like your heart rate, like these treadmills, unless you've got your hands on the readings and even then they don't probably read particularly accurately. Like you don't really, you can't really tell how many calories you're burning without measuring your heart rate while you're doing it, because that will then kind of almost determine your effort level and what calories you're burning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like look at, you know, okay, take, take me for an example. I play a lot of sport, playing hockey, however many times a week. And, and, you know, so I'm, I, I'd be considered fitter than say, uh, this is my dad for an example he sits at a desk all day sits on the sofa all night uh you know he's somebody who doesn't do uh sport and exercise and stuff so if we did the same sort of thing even if we weighed sort of similar um which i don't think we do but uh, you know even if we did weigh sort of similar um it'd be completely different because i'm a lot lot fitter because i do a lot of sport so yeah that's another great point um, I think one one thing we haven't add on that as well is, and I don't know if maybe I don't know if 
Are you finished on that bit? Yeah, not yeah. finished. But I'd say one thing we haven't added, and I think I've mentioned before, and I think I've mentioned the podcast anyway, is those amounts are obviously based on formulas, algorithms, or whatever else in terms of calorie burn. So even if you did get all of those variables right, and they were reading them accurately, um, and it said you say burn 200 calories, one thing it doesn't consider is how many calories you would be burning if you were just sitting down or you were asleep anyway. So replacing 200 calories of cardio with 200 calories of food, you're actually putting yourself in a surplus for that period because you might have burnt 50 calories just sitting on your ass. So you yeah. kind of got to net that off. So yeah. again, another reason why your point around don't, if you are trying to increase calories, like increasing it calorie for calorie, probably not the best idea and you have to give some leeway because as i say you know you, you're effectively not taking into account the calories you would have burned just you know being alive yeah. yeah yeah so so yeah so look at it kind of like that i mean what would the rule be i i don't know it's uh, it's too hard to guess and that's all it would be it would be a guess yeah, yeah even even if I, the, the smartest person probably couldn't put a decent number on it but yeah. I, I would treat it as a continuum in that how how much risk do you want to take with it? How, how, how safe do you want to play it? If you want to play it safe, do half. You know, you do 200 calories, eat 100. If you want to be a bit more risky, do 150. You know, it's kind of, I'd just treat it like that, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, just to kind of cap that point off then. So if, if you're struggling and you want to, oh, I, I did this when I was dieting and it, to be honest with you, it is a little bit of a hole that you can get yourself into. Um, yeah. So I think on the, one of the lives we did in our, in our bronze group, uh, I would, I'm sure I've said it on this as well, because um, somebody joked and said they spent seven hours in the supermarket, and I said no, no, no like let's not be like I, I have spent hours in the supermarket, and literally just because it was raining and I didn't want to go to the gym, and I was in a bit of a mood because I was hungry, um, I went and just walked around the perimeter of the supermarket because it was big, it was indoors, and it was warm. Um, so <laughs> I walked around the perimeter of the supermarket when I felt crazy. I got in the car, drove to another supermarket, and did the same there. Like it is literally like it's such a hole. I mean, I'm yeah. This was like last couple of weeks of my diet, and I, I joke about it now, but you know that could be considered as like borderline like mental disorder or something, couldn't it? From the food, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's like going out. For, like you should say, you used to go out for walks to earn toast. It's like yeah. seriously, how desperate for toast must you be to want to go out like walking out? I'd go for 11, a 20-minute yeah. walk just to yeah, earn a, like a round of toast, literally, yeah. And so this isn't something I would overly, overly condone because you can get yourself into a real hole. But as a short-term measure, it can work. Um, just I wouldn't I, sort of, yeah, I wouldn't say go and start doing it from the start of a diet. No. Well, just, just so before we cap this off then, like the last thing I probably want to add on that is actually – Something I listened to a Shredded by Science podcast this week, and they had, um, uh, well, an, I think you'd call her an influencer, but Imogen Parfit is her name, and she's probably got one of these IG in, um, influencers you see. And on the outside, to be honest, she looked like your typical yoga pants, selfie kind of like girl. And like, you know, I don't think too much of it, if I'm honest. But she actually came across really well on the podcast. And like, and knowing how much Lawrence, who obviously hosts it, hates that type of um things like hates the whole in, ig influencer stuff like he literally despises it i was a bit surprised that she was on there but she came across really well like really nice and she said something like where she used to have um i don't know if she said she used to have anorexia or certainly like she had some sort of disordered eating tendencies but she made a comment which really like i thought was quite cool in that you think you're in control 
um, of it, but actually it's controlling you. And that's like almost the prime example there. Like you think you're in control uh, of, you know, oh, I'm exercising to earn a bit of food or not. No, you might even think about that, but you think it's like good practice or, yeah, I need to, you know, it's the right thing to do. But actually that's controlling you. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that really, like, reson- really yeah. resonates. You see it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, prime, prime talking about the supermarket thing. I thought I was controlling my diet by going for a walk and um, uh, and all that. And yeah. it, I wasn't. I was letting my, my hunger and my hangriness and, and all that kind of, you know, make me go a little bit crazy. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is like that I've said it enough times and that there's a massive, fine, massive, that's an oxymoron. There's a fine line between good practice and potentially disordered eating or bad habits yeah but you I think it's it on the flip like... side of um okay we're looking at doing cardio as a to create a bigger calorie deficit i suppose it's a controlled way of doing that so you know you you people factor in time or factor in calories worth of cardio and right okay this week you've got to do 600 calories worth of cardio and you can either do it in one go or do it in a few goes and that's just to create a bigger deficit and I suppose that is to allow your calories to maintain where they are or not to go quite as low so it's kind of more of a controlled way of doing it um, opposed to sort of walking around a supermarket yeah yeah. that's what I mean by such a fine line because there is a fine line between that control and then it controlling you yeah yeah, and and the problem is, is the people where it, the people where you do see where all you feel like it's controlling them, they don't see it. They're almost in denial about it controlling them. Like they feel they're the one in control, when in reality they're not. And I think that was the point she was making at that point. She was in that position where she thought that's what was the right thing to do, and that anyone else who wasn't doing it, it just you know you know the usual oh they don't you, know, you don't want it hard enough, or you know you're lazy, or that type of like mentality. Whereas in reality, she had problems. So. Yeah, I thought it was quite cool. Maybe we'll go go and listen. We did shout out, um, obviously, SBS last week with Matt. But, um, yeah, go, go have a listen to their podcast because there's some, some really cool stuff on it. So, And the early ones as well are really, like, especially if you're getting into things and you're new to things, um, the, the the early ones are really, really good uh, for yeah, kind of yeah. learning uh, learning about nutrition. So, yeah. Yeah. They've, I mean, I think the content, a lot of it, is very much developed over time to more personal trainers and, and, and educating rather than kind of general pop. But um, you're right, the earlier ones definitely very much so. I yeah. Like, I don't... Well, it, I don't yeah, at the end of the day, they are uh, for training people to be an educator. Yeah yeah, 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 better PTs, better nutritionists. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I did, I did, hear, I did hear that they're rebranding their name because they don't feel like shredded by science now fits their their avatar or client base or what they actually do, which is yeah, I t- totally agree with that. Yeah, it's just tough yeah. when you've got a twenty thousand strong following and everybody knows the name. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got a strong brand, and obviously they're well respected. Industry is difficult to then change it, but um, I think they are. So interesting, oh, cool. right? Um, did we finish that question? Did we? I think I think we did. Yeah, I think round we did up because we rambled a lot. So yeah, go on. If you're you round up. if you're going to include movement like setting up your treadmill and doing half an hour in the evening, fantastic. You can either look at it as two ways. You can look at it as scheduled cardio. So okay. This is, um, um, you know, maybe you've hit a plateau, so you can put your cardio in. You could do 200 calories a day, uh, and that might be just enough to start to, to, to get you in that deficit again. Um, so that means you wouldn't have to drop your food. 
you could look at it in the fact that, okay, well, I'm really struggling on the food that I'm in now, so I'm going to add in 200 calories worth of cardio a day, and I'm going to have an extra 100 or 150 calories worth of food. Uh, it's a small amount, but it might just be enough to kind of keep you satiated. Uh, or though you could look at it in the fact that, right, okay, well, I'm going to add this cardio in. I'm fine with what I'm eating at the moment. Uh, that's That's absolutely fine. Um, but I'm going to add in 100 or 200 calories of cardio a day just to increase that deficit. Obviously, increasing that deficit then may make you feel hungrier because your your body's in a, in a worse position, uh, energy balance-wise. So that could have like a bit of a negative effect, but try it, see how you get on. Doing 100 calories a night, that might not be, you know, it might not be too much for your body. Uh, and it would just put you in a bigger deficit. You'd make quicker results and get to your goal quicker. Cool. Good. Right. Um, we had also had a question around eating before training. So the scenario in uh, in this context was that they trained early. So I think like 6, 6.30, something like that. And they tend to usually not eat until late morning, even sometimes lunchtime. So kind of 11, 12 o'clock. Uh, and the question was really around, is that optimal or is that what I should do? Or should I be eating before training? So you're, you're a morning trainer, aren't you? You, you like yeah, training yeah. before work. Now, I, I've done it a yep. few times, like once a day a week. And normally, I'm a massive proponent of eating before the gym, making sure your glycogen stores are full so you can have a really good session and really you know, get the most out of the session. But every time I train before, probably before 9, 10 o'clock, there is not a chance that I'm eating just because it's more than likely going to make me feel sick. Just because... You know, I I am a breakfast eater, but I'm not a big breakfast eater, and I'm not somebody who will eat as soon as I wake up because I'm just not ready for food. So if I had to, and plus you got to look at digestion and all that sort of stuff. You know, if you if you're trying to leave an hour and a half, two hours before training because you've had a breakfast, and you're training at six a.m., is anybody going to be wanting to wake up at four a.m. just to get some food in? Um, probably not. So, uh. My my advice would be to have your evening meal potentially slightly later and slightly larger the night before because that is going to fill your glycogen stores. It's going to replace all the energy that you've lost through the day and um, and kind of fuel your body ready for that early session. And then you know if you want to round a toast on the way to the gym just so there is something in your belly, then uh, then that's cool. Um, or if you just want to do it fasted, again that's cool. Um, that would be my advice. Yeah, I think like I'll talk about my own experience maybe. So you're right in that I now train morning since my lovely little daughter was born because I used to be very much an evening trainer. Um, I had periods where I did train the mornings kind of through my work schedule and every time I did, I hated it. So I used to go there and be tired. I used to feel like I never had any strength like I do in the evenings. Um, and to be honest, I used to just like not enjoy it at all. And um, sometimes I did it fasted, sometimes I didn't. Um, I used to think doing it fasted was hampering or detrimenting my performance and that I then would then try and make sure I had something to eat beforehand. Um, but since she's, summer's been born, like things have changed completely. I actually quite like mornings. I like getting over and done with from the time perspective. And actually, I now don't really feel like I have that fatigue. I don't, And I don't know really why that is um, in terms of, where I've just got used to it 
And actually, as you know, it's more just tiredness and it wasn't anything to do with whether I'd eaten or not. And I've now just got used to more um, just getting up at that time, having that like, you know, those habits and it's just becoming a bit like autopilot. Um, but yeah, I don't feel like from a performance perspective now, it really changes whether it's first thing or not. So I'd go along with you in terms of kind of evening meals can make a bit of difference. Because I guess like the research shows that you don't need carbohydrates or you don't need food specifically um, before you train, as long as you've kind of got full glycogen stores, I suppose, which is obviously glycogen is carbohydrate stored in muscles. So I guess the argument might be, well, actually, are you going to have full glycogen if you're dieting? Because I suppose you're, you're constantly under eating by default because you're trying to create an energy deficit because you're trying to eat less calories than you're burning. So therefore, you might not have full glycogen, which, yeah, I kind of take that on board. So maybe a meal beforehand would be useful. But the problem you have is you need a meal two, three, four hours before you train because it takes that long to assimilate assimilate or use them. Uh, Even some of the fastest digesting carbohydrates take like an hour to get into your system. So if you trained at six, you'd have to, like you say, get up at half four to have a meal, to eat it ready, ready at five o'clock to go to the gym. Um, So, yeah, uh, I I I suppose actually one... As I say, just just on that, just talking about the fasting section carbohydrates, uh, I think if you know if you were desperate to get some sort of glucose in your system, then maybe like a glucose gel or something like a Lucozade even kind of you know if it takes you fifteen yeah. minutes to drive to the gym, if you're up fifteen twenty minutes before that, start drinking it or consuming it as soon as you wake yeah. up if you can, and that's yeah. potentially just going to get into that system a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. But I, I'm, yeah, I mean, even 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 those the, the the glucose response from some of those into your blood is still like like nearly an hour. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like even the fastest stuff. Like you're right. I mean, you, you that's that's probably like if you're gonna have it, you need something that's very quick. So like basically like a like a carb drink or Haribo or something that you know, like really really quickly um, digested. But otherwise, like yeah, I think sometimes it's placebo like some people just feel better having some food because it's like well you know it just i feel better um i guess there is the study that we always reference in uh, mouth rinsing so obviously endurance athletes were given a, like a carbohydrate solution some were given like a placebo and the ones that had a carb rinse where they literally swilled it in their mouth and spat it out they did see an increase in performance and i don't think that was necessarily um psychological because like i say the placebo group didn't and it was more that something to do with like the glucose receptors in your uh, mouth then kind of always tells your body to start um preparing and releasing energy so even though you're not actually consumed any yeah so that's interesting i don't really know the applicability of it if i'm honest um whether it's a case of you know you, for, for, you, every, everyone yeah for a 45 minute gym session i don't think it's going to have too much of an effect apart from potentially placebo um but you're looking more kind of like an hour plus with that i know i do it a little bit with hockey i'll have a swig of lucozade before and a, a swig at half time yeah and, and yeah. that is that, more for you know positive state of mind more so than yeah, yeah. but and, and and that i mean that's a that's the point like unless you're doing like recommended is 17 minutes or more you don't need carbohydrates during your workout either so it's the same principle really like and if you if it's your gym session you've got reasonably full glycogen stores like my i suppose my roundup on this is you probably shouldn't need to eat that being said, if your N equals one kind of scenarios, I do feel better, um, as in N equals one is obviously like just your own individual circumstance, like as in the study of one, um, then just have something to eat. You know, there are things you can do like to make it a bit easier. So like you can prepare stuff like overnight oats or, you know, I, I, I do eat before I go to gym. So like taking this back to my own circumstance, I do have a protein bar on the way to the gym. 
mainly because I want to get I want to get protein in for the protein stimulation. So for muscle protein synthesis, I want to take the opportunity to have a um, to, to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So I'd at very least have a shake. Um, and to be honest, I've got a shit ton of protein bars to eat. So I'm like, well, I'll just have a protein bar on the way to the gym. It's quick, easy, convenient. I haven't got to worry, um, you know, about preparing or anything. So yeah, so I just do that. Perfect. Perfect. So we're roughly getting up to about the 15 minute mark. So shall we do I think we've got one more question. Yeah, yeah. I think we've got one more question. So that oh, fits good. in. Lovely. Because that was the eat before training. The other thing we had was um, this was more around tracking your food. So this came up by two or three different people. Um, I guess reasonably new to for my fitness pal or um, obviously that was the, the chosen method for people tracking their food generally for most people anyways you don't know many people that use many other methods other than my fitness pal it's obviously not the biggest or most widely used one yeah I, um, I never get it when so when i was at university and when i've done certain different courses before they've always tried to give you other ones that um i think it's more regulated what goes on there uh it, it's more of a desktop based kind of website basically um and they've just the, the database is rubbish on them like even to the point where they don't have things like cocoa pops and yeah. you know things that are really popular especially with yeah. their american software as well uh yeah. where it's just my first part of the biggest database because everyone yeah. uses it well this is it and that, like so that's why i mean this this kind of like leads into the question in terms of like um it is the biggest database it's kind of like the best in our opinion however there are still lots of flaws with it so the question came around you know we're tracking our food um on my fitness pal and then we're taking some of the values out and and using it as data and they're saying that some of the values don't add up like basically the macro counts at the end of each day so the amount of protein carbs and fats are eating doesn't equate to the right amount of calories as what like the total calorie says um and so we we basically said well okay well there are reasons for this and these are the reasons why so i don't know if you want to just kind of touch on the main reasons as to why if you're tracking your food intake sometimes the uh, calories and macros don't match um this is why and then kind of what's the best course of action to to dealing with it yeah so sort of for this um the, the the reason why they know they don't add up is because in our um, sort of semi-private coaching group, they have logs and trackers that we ask people to put their information into um, and with our one-to-one -one clients as well. So when they take out the, the protein, the fats and the carbs from, from the MyFitnessPal and put it into the, the, the logs and stuff, it, we calculate the, the, the precise calories for those macronutrients. Um, so that's how they know, oh, that's actually different. So my daily total might be 50 calories different to what the MyFitnessPal total says. And now we've got to remember that MyFitnessPal entries can be added by anybody. I've added loads of entries from different and new foods that I found, and uh, especially when sort of supermarkets bring out their own brand of, of uh, new products and stuff, then they're not on there. People haven't, haven't added them yet. So um, if somebody adds them in wrong, then it's wrong for everybody in the world who uses that entry. Um, there is some with a, a blue tick, like an Instagram famous tick type thing. Uh, and again, I've even found them that are deadly wrong. Uh, you, you, you can know with some things, can't you? When you've had it before from another brand, then you have like the same product but from a different brand. And it's way, way, way out. Like I had some um, little sausage rolls from Morrison's. And the calories that it gave for them, it was like 
a gram or two of fat, and I was like, there's more than a gram or two of fat in every, like, you know, square centimetre of this sausage roll, let alone yeah. the whole blooming thing. So people put things in wrong, or they put the quantities in wrong, so it might be uh, per cup. Well, what's a cup of sausage roll? Like, you know, things like that. Um, so it's... Uh, you have to take everything with a slight pinch of salt, but again, it's one of those things that's kind of like best of a bad bunch type thing. Um, yeah. So you can look at things like, okay, people people putting the entries in wrong, uh, people missing bits off, uh, people not only putting the calories in and not putting the macronutrients in. So it takes yeah. it from your calories, um, but it doesn't take it from your macros. And then if you think, oh, wait, I've still got 50 grams of carbs left, but you've hit your um, your calorie total for the day, you end up having those fifty grams, then it's going to put you two hundred calories over your um, over your your target. So it's one way you can kind of slip up a little bit. Uh, things like alcohol. Alcohol doesn't have fats, carbs, and proteins in particularly. It might have a few grams if they're added. So if something sweet like cider, yeah, it's probably going to have like twenty grams of carbs in just from the amount of sugar that they add to it. Um, but if you have like a spirit or a glass of wine or a lot of beers, they don't have any carbs, fats or proteins in um, because alcohol is kind of like this magical fourth nutrient, fourth macronutrient that it contains calories, but it doesn't contain the three macros as we know them. Um, so it would just take off your calories. So again, you could have the situation of you think you've got 50 grams of carbs left but you have those and it puts you 200 calories over, which is a pint um, because it's taken yeah. that, 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 that off. Um, yeah, just, just, just on yeah. that. So like my, fit, my fitness pal only tracks three of the four macros, as you say, it only tracks protein, carbs and fat. It doesn't track alcohol. So there isn't like an alcohol um, column. So when you're putting in, well, the problem is, is obviously we calories still count. So you kind of have to track them. So you then have to track them either as a different, macro which is generally what most people suggest just track your alcohol as either carbs or fat not protein or you track them just as calories um and therefore then like the point you're making is you then because it doesn't have anywhere to store like alcohol macros it's just it doesn't add up like all of a sudden if you add alcohol you've got more you've eaten more calories but you've still got macro spare and it makes no sense yeah yeah just on that i always take it from well mostly from carbs sometimes from fats if i've if i've had a very low fat day then, uh, yeah, but I tend to keep my fats pretty low anyway, so I don't really tend to take away from them. Um, but I know if I've had a pint, 200 calories, right, that's 50 grams of carbs gone for the day. Um, and then you yeah, soon yeah. start to realise, is alcohol that conducive towards my diet? Um, yeah, more is, more is it worth it? Like, don't get me wrong, like, I love a good gin and tonic, but, and fortunately, that's obviously one of the better options of, of alcohol choices, but, like, most beers and stuff, just not worth it. Like, Keith, if you're listening to this, mate, you, you obviously like your ales, but is it worth it? Come on. Like you could, I'd rather have a burger than I would do three IPA bottles or something. <laughs> or, or just get a partner that when pulls them out of the fridge, smashes them all over the floor and that way you can't oh. drink them. And I'm oh, hey, this, you, you sound so bitter. <laughs> I'm only saying this because she's in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear oh dear you think yourself lucky you've got a partner that will get them out of the fridge for you this is true yeah i'm never allowing her to do it again though no. I, well, was I was getting the food out of the oven she was getting the drinks out of the fridge and yeah smash yeah it that's was my just, favorite one as well that i picked it's, up it's basically the same uh tactic i'm sure as what jenny uses in that the washing up do it really poorly and then you don't have to do it again 
<laughs> my mum does that with dad. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a bloody dishwasher. It's like, put it in the dishwasher. You know, wash it up and just leave all shit stuck all over it. No, I do. <laughs> Anywho, right. Um, so, yeah, I think I, we've, we've done it to death. Hopefully it all makes sense. Um, just be wary of... Actually, did we... I don't know if we even ran up. Basically, check every entry before you kind of select it i like go through which ones are the most relevant uh, make sure the macros are in there and um, check it against the labels if you can um but don't sweat it i suppose you know it's one of those things that yeah remember food labels are allowed to be 20 percent out anyway so yeah if you track something at 200 calories it might be 40 calories plus or minus up to legally they're allowed to be so when yeah. you start realizing things like that and um I also was showing a, quite a good trick when weighing stuff. If you pour like rice or cereal very, very slowly, the scales sometimes just aren't sensitive enough to notice it. So you end up like pouring 10, 10 or 15 grams before the scale goes, oh God, there's something in the bowl. Um, so when you start realizing little things like this, you start to just kind of um, tone down how, how OCD you are about things and try not to get things perfectly to the, you know, bang on your targets because you know these food labels are out they, and also like uh, I, I think it was like the 3dmj uh conference that sbs put on years and years ago when and eric helms was speaking and he's phd and a very knowledgeable guy and um and he was saying that like you know when you go out for food and you think you've tracked it even if it's in my fitness pal do you really think that the chef in the back is going up oh, yep Brett's in today, better make sure that there's exactly 180 grams of chicken in here so that gives off 30 grams of protein like the uh, MyFitnessPal entry suggests or do you think they just chuck in the chicken breast or whatever they're making? Do you think they just lob on the steak? Do you think it's exactly what the MyFitnessPal entry says? No. So, you know, even though you're doing your best to be as accurate as possible, it's, you know, don't sweat it if you're slightly out because it's probably more out than you you could ever imagine cool yeah. smashed it i think yeah out of the park right so a big thank you to obviously everyone in the group um because obviously for the the inspiration um the i suppose actually every, everyone that's been involved in this this uh, intake i suppose of the of the, the the semi-private training um fantastic interactive and brilliant everyone's been so committed and everyone's added so much value even like they've added value to each other you know it's not just obviously the coaches and stuff that have done things they've added so much so uh huge just want to say a big thank you hopefully everyone will be listening to this and they can hear it um but yeah like uh i think should we call it wrap there or you got anything else to add well Pete? yeah slight thing to add so obviously this comes out sunday monday um and people are listening over the week, driving to work, whilst they're in the gym, walking the dog, doing the housework. And they're thinking, you know what? This thing sounds good. This thing sounds good. It's going to keep me on target. It's going to keep me on track. Um, the accountability's there. And also, I'm w working with five very handsome guys who know exactly what they're talking about. Um, so they're thinking, well, I, I want in on this. Um so the, the product itself is kind of going through a initial launch. Um, and on the Sunday, the 18th of February, we will be launching the, 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 the full product to everybody. Anybody can join and, and, and access. Um, 
so if you want part of this, then you need to be in our No Nonsense Nutrition Facebook group. Search it in Facebook. It's there or go on our Facebook page and you can link to it. Go on our Instagram page. You can find it. Um, it yeah, it, you can't miss it basically. And if you're in there and you have your notifications turned on, you will be the first to find out about it. You'll be the first to, to get access to it when it launches on the 18th in the evening. Um, yeah, so next Sunday as we're recording this, but Sunday the 18th of February, you can get access to this. So if this sounds like a little bit of you, this sounds like something that you know could work very well for you. Um, it's not expensive at all. It really isn't. Um, yeah, so uh, get in the Facebook group and you'll be the first to find out about it and you'll be the first to find out kind of, you know, the costings and how you can sign up and all that, which we'll be sort of releasing at the end of this week in time for Sunday. Um, yeah, so, so join the group um, and uh, yeah, and, and get on it. Cool. Right. Well, hey, it's time to push that button, mate. Time to push the button. Bonjour. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.